It has been estimated that approximately 2.5 million individuals pass away in the United States every year. With that 2.5 million lives lost, each leave behind an average of five grieving individuals. Grief is a regular response to loss or drastic changes in one's life, but the journey of grief looks different for everyone. Welcome to Normalize the Conversation. I'm your host, Francesca Reigeter, and today I'm joined by a mental health advocate who's passionate about normalizing the conversation on all things pertaining to mental health as she works to eradicate the stigma. Lindsay holds a master's in psychology and previously taught behavioral health science for eight years. As a teacher, she recognized the impact mental health had on her students, and as she began to struggle herself, she decided to start openly sharing her story. Join us as Lindsay opens up about the grief she's experienced and what has helped her along the way. Lindsay, I'm so excited to have you back for your second time on Normalize the Conversation. Before we jump in, I really just want to check in with you. How are you really? So first of all, thank you for having me again. Um, It's always an honor and a privilege and so great to be able to work with you. As you know, I admire you greatly and all the work you're doing. How am I really? In the moment, I am actually doing really well right now. Um, I, it's very up and down. So if you were to ask me again in, let's say 10 minutes, um, not 10 minutes, because we'll still still be on here, but you know, in the next few hours that could change, um, constantly changing. And I think everyone's mental health, you know, very up and down, but, um, coming off of a hard week last week, I would say compared to then I am doing well. That was such a great and honest answer. I mean, it's so relatable, the ups and the downs. And I don't know about you, but for me, for so long, when someone would ask me, how are you? I wouldn't know what to say because it constantly changed. And then I felt like, oh, well, they saw me smiling earlier. We were laughing earlier. So now I have to be fine. But something happened and it triggered me or I just like all of a sudden just don't have the energy. It's been a long day where I just like something changes and I didn't know what to say. And I felt so embarrassed and ashamed that I couldn't have this like steady mood. But mental health is really a scale, you know, when we move along the scale every day, multiple times throughout the day. And that's okay. It's okay to not be super happy or super sad all the time. You can have ups and downs. So I'm really happy that you shared that. Yeah, it's definitely on a continuum, I would say. Um, And, you know, I used to be one of these people that every time anyone would ask me, you know, how are you? I'm okay. Um, You know, and sometimes if it's just a casual conversation, I think it's okay to keep it at that. But now when people ask me, I definitely pause. And if it's somebody that I'm close with, I give an honest answer. It's so funny. My therapist and I, she used to ask me at the beginning every, you know, as I walk in the door, how are you? And then it kind of just became a, I'm not good. I'm not good. I'm not good every time. So then after a while, I was kind of like, not ask me that. And I know it's an important question, you know, how are you really? But it would all come out in session. So it didn't matter. But now it's kind of just a high at the door because it's always going to be different. So yeah, um, I like that you asked that question in that way because people aren't always honest about it. No, and it's important. Not. It is. It's so important. You know, yesterday I was talking to one of my um, younger cousins and I was like, how are you? And she's like, I'm okay. It's fine. And I'm like, you're not okay. But if you don't want to talk about it right now, that's okay too. You don't have to talk about it, but just know that it's okay not to be okay. And when you're ready to talk about it, or if you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. And I think that's such a great way to, you know, start the conversation. And as (laughs) normalizing the conversation, that's really important. Um, I think we've come a long way with that. I think you know, I know when I was growing up, you're a little bit younger than I am, but, um, or a lot younger than I am at this point. <laughs> but, um, when I was growing up, it was just, 
obviously you don't talk about it. I think you were coming up in an age where there was starting to be more emphasis. So I'm glad, you know, that you can impart that on your cousins and the younger people in your life as well. And that's why, you know, when I was teaching, that was something that was important for me as well to address. And I love that you address that. And I love how open you are about really everything. I mean, there's so much that's so difficult to talk about. And so many people shy away from the hard times. I mean, the posts you put out on social media are so authentic. I know, I mean, we've been friends for over a year now. I feel like almost two years. No, more. Yeah, I think it was... um kind of soon after the pandemic had started yeah like March 2021 I think yeah yeah or, yeah maybe, maybe, before, yeah. maybe. Yeah. it was so I've really been so lucky and privileged to have kind of a front row seat to your journey and to get to talk to you and see all the amazing things you've accomplished and are going through and still coming out the other end having these conversations making an impact and I'm really happy that you're here today to share more about your recent journey and what you've been going through. Because when it comes to grief, people often shy away and hide away from it. They don't want to talk about it. So thank you so much for being here. And if you're ready, let's jump in. Great. Well, thank you for having me. Such a nice introduction. Um, I also was just going to say that I, you know, back when, when I first experienced grief for the first time. And I think real true grief where, and grief can be defined in so many ways, right? So, you know, we talk about grief for the most part with loss, meaning death, but you can grieve losing a job. You can grieve a friendship that just ended out of, you know, whatever circumstances. Um, so, there's so many different kinds of grief. Um, what I've experienced mainly and what I'll be talking about um, are losses where I have had friends and family members that have passed away. And I didn't really realize that until some, um, I would say a few deaths that hit me very hard. Um, and those deaths took place in, um, mainly 2021, where it was just like, boom, 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 one after the next. And, but I had, when I was younger, for the first time, going back to what I was saying before, um, my uncle had died when I was 15. And that was the first time, of course, you know, you heard about, you know, when I was in elementary school, people's parents had died. And, but I just, I guess also, I thought it was kind of like invincible to, having people that were so close to me pass away because until that point I never experienced that um so, you know neighbors occasionally and that kind of thing um acquaintances of family members and other people's grandparents and all that but um the first one that really kind of shook me really to my core was when my uncle died and um he was sick for about a year and you know, we thought he would make it through and that wasn't the case. And I remember, and this was particularly hard, um, you know, at 15, you're somewhat mature depending on the person, but I guess, I don't know, my parents wanted to shield me from it. And so I was not even, he lived in California and I, I guess, I don't remember it really being a conversation, but I didn't go to the, um, it was a very small um, funeral, but I didn't go out to California. I think what they wanted, I had just been out to California and he was kind of in stable condition or pretty good condition at a few, a few months prior. And I think they wanted me to remember him that way and not to remember, you know, being at the hospital the last few days and seeing the aftermath of his death. So I remember it was my best friend's, um, she's a little bit older than me, 21st birthday and being at her birthday, not wanting to miss it and just being so upset inside and putting on a brave face and not knowing what to do with that grief 
at all. I remember crying hysterically to myself when I was alone and maybe a little bit, you know, in front of my mom, my dad had already gone out to California, maybe to my best friend a little bit, but really kind of keeping it in. And it happened actually over a school break. So I remember not wanting to go back to school right away. Um, it was over the, our December break. And um, I think I gave it a few days and then I did and just kind of, you know, went along with life. Kind of like nothing ever happened, even though I it really affected me greatly. And then a few years later, my dad's other brother um, was diagnosed with the same form, uh, same cancer, different form, supposedly treatable. And um, I think I was 20, 20 or twenty one at that point, and it was very different. I, he was here in New York and I saw him at his sickest and I was in the hospital and as he was dying basically, and I saw how terrible that was. So I don't honestly know what was, you know, better. And again, I was a little bit older, a little more mature, but being there, not being there, having images, I still have images in my head of my uncle being so sick, just something I, you know, nobody wants to really think about, but, and then seeing my other uncle, you know, kind of okay. So it was just, that was kind of hard. And it was like, I was reliving the same thing because it was just so ironic. They say it wasn't even like genetic or anything like that. Just really, really bad luck on the type of cancer that it was. So or environmental perhaps. Um, so it was just like, it was replaying again. And then shortly after that, I, I'm an only child and I'm also an only grandchild on both sides. So my dad lost his two brothers. My mom has two sisters and they never had kids and my uncles probably would have, but um, they died pretty, you know, at 40 and 50. So um, that was really, really hard. And then right after that, so my grandmother, who I was really close with being again, the only grandchild, um, which is kind of like an anomaly to be for all four grandparents, the only grandchild, um, she got really sick. And also she was like the picture of health at 70 in her mid seventies. And, um, she also, you know, they thought she could beat it passed away shortly thereafter. So it was just like, when am I going to get a break? Um, and then my grandfather died on the other side, suddenly of a heart attack. And I almost thought, you know, it was like, he couldn't, you know, handle my other grandmother was sick and my, um, uncle, you know, my dad, his son, my dad's brother had all died. And it was just like too much for him to handle. So he just passed away one night in his sleep and kind of came out of nowhere. So it just, it, it really destroyed me. And I remember going to um, the school psychologist on campus and at college at the time and him kind of saying that, you know, cause I was like worrying about my other grandmother and he was gonna take care of her and all this stuff. And he was kind of like, that's not really your problem. And I was like, obviously I never went back, but it was just, I don't know. So I kind of shut down again and never really processed that was never in therapy about any of it. So it wasn't until I suffered these deaths later on that I finally talked about it was in therapy and became very vocal and an oversharer perhaps as I'm rambling. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being so honest and open. And I am so sorry for all of your losses. That's a lot to go through back to back at a young age. And to not have the tools to grieve or know you need to grieve and to feel a bit sheltered from it and then to see it more closely has got to be such an overwhelming experience. Did you ever feel like you had space to process or cope with any of it or not until way later on? I would say not until way later on. And I remember again being in, it was my, it was my last semester of undergrad and I wanted to take the semester off and I wanted to, then I knew I wouldn't graduate on time. And 
I kind of didn't care. And I said to everyone, you know, I can't do this. And I didn't really have, you know, my family is very, my parents are very supportive in terms of what I want to do and all of that. But I guess I just had, and I still do somewhat, I will be honest, have a hard time sharing my emotions with them, even though I'm so close with them, I guess just because, and it's got, it's, it's changed. And I'd say it's changed a bit recently, or it's actually changed a lot recently, but up until recently, um, it was really, really hard. And I, you know, I ended up ultimately going back to school and finishing and then just like powering through and again, didn't really want to talk about it with my friends. Um, I just, I kind of felt alone in it, I guess, because no, you know, people, as we get older, obviously everybody is starting to suffer more, um, you know, or have more losses in their life. But I felt like I kind of had more than everybody else at that point. And just because of the level of closeness with those relatives, it was just really hard. And I had a few friends that I connected with that had similar relationships, relationships, with their grandparents or whatnot. And, you know, I did lean on those people for support, but, um, I never really fully came to terms with what was going on until much later. And again, it wasn't until I had these very recent losses or somewhat recent losses at this point that it all kind of, you know, came out or maybe a little prior to that, I started therapy a few years prior to these more recent losses. I'm really happy you've been able to get therapy and finally get that support that you need. And I so resonate with the talking to your parents about it and your loved ones, relationships, close, the closest people. For me, talking to my parents about what I'm feeling is so weird. And right. I about it to a stranger all day. Like someone was like, you don't post about it. My parents ask me how I am. I'm like, I. Yeah, I'm not. Again, also my family, I share, as you know, a lot. And I never used to be this way. I used to suppress everything, as I was saying. But my parents, well, my father's not on social media. And my mom and I aren't friends on any platforms because I just, I share a lot. I don't share a lot about them necessarily. And, you know, our dynamics and all that. I just, you know, it's other people, but it, but it affects me. And I just... I don't know when it comes to them, I really have a hard time and I kind of shut down and I'll show it by just crying in front of them. I have no problem doing that. I've never had fun doing that. But actually talking about it for some reason is so difficult. I don't know why. They're the closest. I mean, they're my life. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I, I wonder why that is because I'm the same way. And I think part of it for me is when I talk to a parent, sometimes they're a little like, well, do, do you need to go into the psych ward? I'm like, no, no, it's, like, it's not that bad right now. Like, I'm okay. I just need to talk. And like, they just come from such a loving and protective place that they want to like fix it. And they may I go too far. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think, I think they'd want to just instantly be able to fix it. And I know it's something that can't be fixed that quickly and it's, takes a long time to process all of it and work through and I think I kind of like have this feeling that I don't want to upset them more which is not yeah. the case they would not be upset they would embrace it but it's just kind of how I feel about it and how I interpret it and I've actually gotten to the point where I've kind of said to my therapist like even you know these podcasts and I've been on a bunch of different I've been interviewed for some radio shows and IG TVs and podcasts, like I was saying, and I don't share them with my family. And sometimes, you know, they'll want to know like what I'm doing. And I'll, you know, briefly just explain, like, I actually told my mom today that, you know, I was filming this with you and I said what it was on, but I didn't go into detail. And, um, but I recently talked about in therapy, possibly like bringing my dad in and sharing some of the stuff that I've written. That's kind of, you know, hard to, or the pieces I've written or the interviews I've done that are kind of, or they are kind of, they've been impossible for me to share with him, especially I think because he is really my rock and I just would never 
want to make him uncomfortable or upset him and it wouldn't but it's me hi it's me I'm the problem it's me yeah um, yeah totally but I love that you're starting to consider taking that step I know for me when I lost my grandfather and my uncle I really isolated myself and didn't want to talk about how I was feeling at all to anyone and Maybe about a year later, my dad came to therapy with me once and I talked to him about what that experience was like and the different things that I would say and what I actually meant and just had a really great conversation. And when he felt maybe a little overwhelmed and didn't know how to respond, the therapist was there to really guide it and help maybe translate what I was saying, translate what he was saying, what the intentions were. And it created a space where now, I mean, I'm not always going to be like, let me tell you what's going on. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I totally get it. But I know that if like it gets bad, I can call him and he's going to like take me out to lunch and just validate and listen. He may not even know what to say and he'll be like, I don't know how to respond, but I'm listening. And it's yeah. just changed just everything. Yeah, it's changed everything. So I love that you're considering taking that step and when you're ready to and you do I hope that you get that same value and benefit out of it as I did and I can't wait to hear yeah oh well definitely you know I'll keep you posted I'll probably end up writing about it but he'll never see that part but he'll experience it can't wait for you to do that because your shares are always so amazing and on that note Let's fast forward to modern day and what's recently been happening. Yeah, so in 2021, I don't want to get these dates wrong. Um, in June of 2021, I believe it was, one of my closest friends had lost her mom in the Surfside building collapse, which I know you're very familiar with being a South Floridian. And it was just devastating. I mean, it was such a public tragedy, national tragedy, and a building's not supposed to just fall down in the middle of the night. And seeing my friend go through what she went through was just horrific and seeing her on the news every night and just she became a very I would say a face of Surfside and she wanted everybody to know how amazing her mom was and they had the closest relationship um for a mother and daughter and it was just so heartbreaking and I wanted to be there for her in whatever way I could and um I ended up flying to I don't fly really much although I'm working on that um big fear of mine and I've written a lot about that just in general and I had to be there for her so no matter what I was getting on this plane I was going down there and I did and it was I mean I just never witnessed something so tragic that just again should not have happened and I think I had a little vicarious trauma and thankfully I had a therapist to process this with whereas with those prior deaths I had not um and I also be shortly oh, a few years before that lost my grandmother and that was also really hard um but this was, you know, seeing somebody so young and so vibrant that you would just never, you know, expect. It was just so devastating. And to this day is so devastating. And I have to say that my friend is just, she's been a rock for me after what I went through a lot after that, not knowing that that was going to happen. So that was kind of where this started, this little phase of, loss um I don't want to call it a phase that's not really the right um but this period of loss I should say and so after that um in the fall of 2021 um so it was September 
and I had just come back from vacation and I was supposed to see one of my very, one of my best friends. Um, I have to say, I, as an only child, my friendships and an only grandchild, like I said before, my friendships are like a number one to me. Um, I have a very, very small immediate family, but my friends are truly my family. And, you know, I've had times where I've had more acquaintances and larger groups of friends. And over the years, I've kind of condensed it down to, well, especially going through all these experiences of, you know, a select few that are kind of my my number ones that I know I can count on, you know, through anything, through thick and thin. And so um, I came back from vacation and we were trying to make plans before we went away and didn't pan out. And I came back and we were supposed to get together, one of my best friends and I, the week, coming week. And we texted a little bit the week before, on a Friday. And on Monday morning, I sent her a text. Um, to make plans and I didn't get a response back to that text right away, but I, I didn't always get a response back right away. So I wasn't, you know, really thinking anything. It's kind of, you know, people, I text my friends all the time and don't get responses back right away. Um, and that evening, I will never forget. I was driving and on my screen flashed her sister's name that there was a text there and I was obviously driving. So I didn't you know, really check it then. Um, but with the voice, you know, I could push it, play it back. And I just, I thought maybe there was going to be something bad. I never thought that the words that I heard were going to be what ultimately had happened. And she died extremely tragically and suddenly and that was just hit me in a way that I have never felt lost like before and I guess you know I just remember honestly collapsing getting home collapsing in the street going to a friend's a neighbor's house and just sitting there hysterically getting in touch with my therapist Thankfully, she happened to have a cancellation. She was able to talk to me for, I would say, a solid hour, which was incredible because I just did not know what to do. I thought I was going to, I don't know. It was just, you know, I still have like chills thinking about it. Um, and it, it broke me to this day. I am not the same person. I will never be. It's always going to be there. It comes in waves, you know, when you least expect it. And when you, you know, at times when you can kind of figure out, you know, why it's going to hit you and when it's going to hit you and, you you know, anniversaries and birthdays and that kind of thing. Um, and then two days late, not even 72 hours later, I had a friend another very close friend that I was also making plans to see, but she lived a little further away and she had been sick, but it was supposed to be treatable and she was doing okay. And I had spoken to her and she told me her numbers were dropping, but they were planning on transferring her down closer to where I was to have treatment. And I also texted her and, you know, we kept texting those few days and she was asking me about my other friend and she was so selfless and she was in like, you know, an hour of need, which I didn't know how imminent it was going to be. But, um, so basically two days later we were texting and next thing you know, she's in the ICU and the next day she was gone. So not even, you know, going to my other friend's wake yet and funeral and then having to think about my other friend's death and just, I was destroyed. I didn't know what to do. I just was crying for hours and hours on end, going to extra therapy sessions, um, 
but this was loss again, like I've never, ever experienced. And I think what was so hard was these were two of my closest girlfriends. They were my, you know, contemporaries. We shared everything and it just wasn't supposed to happen. They were 33 and 36, right in the prime of their lives and, you know, starting families and all of that. And it was just the worst. I don't even, I don't even honestly have words to describe it. So that's kind of, you know, where things went and everything kind of snowballed from there and just processing it after that and trying to get through that time period. And, you know, the day of each of their death, I remember all of that, but then right after that, it was a little bit of a blur. Um, so, yeah. Lindsay, my heart goes out to you. I just, I love you so much. And I am so proud of the work you've done up until this point to be able to talk about it. But I'm so sorry for your loss. And I can't imagine what that grieving journey has been like for you. Thank you. I mean, we've been wanting to do this episode for since then. I mean, not right after, but I, I, there were so many times and I felt so bad. I canceled on you. I was, I couldn't talk about it without, I don't even know how I'm talking about it now without, you know, without breaking down. I think I'm finally in a place where, but I mean, I do break down later about it. Some song will come on. It'll be something like that. Um, but it was just really hard because these were friends that I had met I don't want to say like later in life, but a little bit later in life. So it wasn't like we had like the same friend group or anything where I could turn to other friends really for support. We kind of had our own very unique individual relationships. So even with my friends were so amazingly supportive and people like you and just everyone and everyone wanted to be there. And in the very beginning, I kind of shut down and I just knew like I needed my own time to kind of process it. But I knew that moving forward, I would need everyone. And I think that's hard when anybody suffers a loss. I just know for me, at least it's, you know, in those very beginning stages, you kind of want to just, you're so in a, in a fog and in your own head, in your own world, but it's after that people start to you know people come out of the woodwork at first and everybody wants to be there to support you but then you know those months after year after that's when I felt like I really needed people and I'm lucky I did have people and I do have people but I think sometimes that's when people need help the most that are going through loss and grief and that's when people, you know, everybody else goes back to their everyday lives and you're the one kind of left to deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was one thing that I really noticed with, you know, my aunt, when we lost my uncle, everyone was, I, I had moved in with her and was trying to help take care of her and the kids. Right. But in the beginning, you do it for everyone. You're just, you take care of everyone. You're amazing. Can't say enough good about you. Thank you. But that was what it was like, right? In the beginning, she felt really like she was isolating herself and I was isolating myself. I really don't want to speak too much on behalf of her because it's not my story, that's her story. But I will say in the beginning, people came over and brought food a lot and then slowly it stopped. And when you go from having everyone there all the time and then suddenly it's like no one's there and it's really just you and those feelings are really have a chance to hit now that could be one of the most overwhelming things and it broke my heart watching that and seeing it yeah I just yeah I remember like those nights the nights in the mornings were especially hard you know, you kind of go through the day, you go about your routine, but then it's like when you're alone with your thoughts and, you know, I just, and then I would go back to, okay, well, how did my best, my other best friend, so me lucky, have a lot of best, best friends, but, um, and some of them, our relationships have actually become, I mean, my friend that lost her mom, I think, unfortunately, um, 
in a way, hard to explain, but our relationship has become closer. Um, but I think, you know, thinking about her then and how she got through it and how strong she was. And I just, it's like, if she can do it, I can do it. And it's not going to be easy. And I've talked to a lot of people that have lost, you know, children and spouses and just in horrible ways. And I think, you know, I've connected to them on a deeper level and I can't even imagine each, every loss is so individual and unique. So I never like to compare anyone's journeys in general with mental health or with grief or anything like that. And you can't, but sometimes I look at them and I'm like, oh my God, if they, you know, lost a child, a, a parent in such a tragic, tragic, tragic way, and they're still feeling and going on every day because, you know, there were periods of time where I was like, I can't do this. And again, you don't really have a choice. You have to do it, but it's just, it's a long, tough road. And again, the pain ebbs and flows and it eases at times, but it, it doesn't go away. That hole is always in your heart. Yeah. And I feel like that was something that I really misunderstood about grief for so long. Right. I thought that you just get over it, but like yeah. you, don't, you kind of move through it and you learn to exist <laughs> and you learn to exist in it. You learn to exist in this new normal where these people who were once with you all the time or just a thought away, phone call away in your mind, in your heart, or suddenly not a phone call away and you can't hug them anymore, hear their voice. It's it's never gonna be like, oh I don't I don't care anymore. Like it's fine. Like it's yeah. always gonna hurt. It just might not feel as consuming as it once did, but it's always gonna exist. That love doesn't just disappear. Exactly. And it's hard not knowing, you know, when it's gonna hit you because like I said, you know, a song could come on the radio. Um music always reminds me of everybody I actually wrote my master's thesis on the relationship between music and grief and this was before yeah we'll have to talk about that at some another time but um you want to read a hundred page paper <laughs> just kidding obviously but um I always associate people with music so that's you know it usually hits me in the car when I'm driving by myself and you know I'll start to cry uncontrollably and then eventually I have to pull it together um and I do but I have my moments and um just like the little things like I'm actually wearing I don't know if you could see it but this is I don't know if it's backwards my friends um like any little tangible thing I could hold on to this was one of my best friends this was her handwriting on a um the front of a card that she had given to me, I think like the Christmas before. And I, you know, had them transfer it onto this little disc because I just, you know, wanted something of, that reminded me of her that I could have, you know, with me daily. I actually also have a bracelet, um, a permanent bracelet of, uh, did that instead of a, you obviously can't really see it at all because it's very tiny, but um, I'm not really a tattoo person. So instead of that, I did, I had a friend, um, that designs jewelry combine my two friends um initials and make a little piece for me that you know is always here so I always look down in it and I you know remember them and try to be able it took me a long time to be able to look at pictures without hysterically crying and still sometimes I do it just it varies and that's what's just it's so unpredictable and the five stages of grief I have to say for me at least they really didn't come in order and again, I think everyone's so different. And I wrote about this in my thesis, but I don't, you know, necessarily prescribe to that. And I think there's been some change in thought on the five stages in general. Yeah, I resonate with that. I mean, for me, there's so many things. I mean, the music, like certain songs would come on and I just, I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. Mm -hmm. I'd look through pictures and old photos and I just like you could I could remember it so vividly and then it would crush my heart to know that I'll never get that again 
it'll always be a memory. And learning to continuously grieve it. For me, the five stages were, that's kind of not how I experienced it completely. Yeah. And I didn't experience it in the order of people say you do. Mm-hmm. And I still experience it sometimes. I still experience yeah. the anger or the just despair. And that's yeah. okay. And I don't think there's enough conversation just reminding people that it's okay to grieve however you need to for however long you need to. If you grieve for a lifetime, if your grief looks different than someone else's, all of it's okay. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the things that scares me a little bit, it's kind of ironic in a way to say, but, you know, and I keep saying it'll always be there, but just the further in time you get away from, you know, the loss or the that not that you forget it because you don't at all obviously that's what we're talking about but you feel farther removed from it and you don't want to forget any part of them so that's also been really hard for me because you know because like you said there aren't going to be any more memories there aren't going to be new memories so it's just you hold on to whatever you have but after a while you know it's just it's just hard it's just, you know, I, I, I also, in terms of the stages, I have a lot of guilt and I didn't have that so much with the, and looking actually now, I, I'm sad because I feel like I was robbed of the relationship I would have had. I know with my uncles at this point and even like some of my my grandparents because I'm very gotten into art. My grandparents were artists and my grandfather was a writer and obviously I'm doing all this writing now, which was something I never liked when I was younger. I remember I'd have him come over and help me with all my papers in school. And now I actually love to write. It's one of the things that's helped me the most through this is journaling and all of that. But I feel like, you know, my other uncle was really big in the tech world and he was like coming up in that and I just always wonder like what would have you know happened with social media and all that now and all that stuff I'm into and I just know he would have you know been a big player in that and I just feel like these relationships like now I would have and I almost didn't take advantage enough of the relationships I had with them when I was younger but I feel like with my friends that I lost there was just this just huge amount of guilt. And it's not fair that I did this to myself. And, you know, I've talked a lot about this, obviously, in therapy. But the fact that I didn't, I was, you know, away a lot over that summer before. And I hadn't, because of the pandemic, I hadn't seen them as much as I was seeing them. You know, one of my friends I was seeing on a weekly, twice a week basis. And then, you know, because of the pandemic, I wasn't seeing her as much. And I just remember like that week, I was supposed to be making plans with both of them because I had just gotten back. So the fact that I, oh, well, I, you know, I should have cleared out my calendar right before I went away. I had a day in between. I could have been there. I could have gone upstate to see my one friend and, you know, why didn't I do it? And that for me, is what is incredibly hard yeah it's the guilt I mean I did that to myself and I still sometimes like have those kind of moments where I do that to myself for my grandfather for example I went through this period of time where I didn't go to the wedding my cousin's wedding he died in a car accident right after the wedding because I had finals and I was like if I was there, I could have driven, I would have been driving, not him. So it's like, I kind of play that over and over in my head and felt so guilty that I wasn't there, that there's something I could have done. And I did that with my uncle as well. Just like these small things, any small thing could have gone different or been different. And it's hard when you look back because you can see different things. Like we all could do something different looking back at every situation in our lives. Right. It's not just with loss. It's with everything. You can look back and be like, oh, I wish I studied harder for the SAT or I wish I did this. I wish I did that or I had the time. Why didn't I do that then? It's 
it's hard when you can look back and see small gaps, but it's it's still gonna be it's still gonna be hard. It's not gonna be easy, but it's never anyone's fault. It's never something that we always want wish we could have prevented something and we'll never know. And that's I think for me the hardest part in learning to cope with those questions and all the unknowns. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, my heart just goes out to you again, losing your grandfather like that. I know how close you are with your family as well. And I, I just, you know, I feel for you. And you know, I wish I wish I knew you back then. I wish I was able to, you know, help you again. It's not it's everybody's journey is so different, but, you know, to have people there that have dealt with loss, um, profound loss in their life, it, it is helpful, um, you know, to have, I guess some people go to support groups. That wasn't really for me. I actually worked with, um, you know, in addition to my psychologist who I feel like she saved me during that period. But um, I also worked with a grief specialist just on a kind of limited basis, also a psychologist, but his specialty was grief. So I had a limited amount of sessions with him after um, as well, because I needed more than what I needed, basically, you know, intensive therapy at that point every day and having someone that had a specialty in that was really important to me. So, you know, whatever, whatever gets you through and you just day by day, you know, minute by minute. So I just think something else that's, you know, has been helpful to me is finding something tangible to kind of honor their memory. So, you know, if a loss pertained to mental health, getting involved with a mental health organization, or, um, you know, if it involved an illness, getting involved with that particular illness as one of their organizations or um, if somebody like one of my, you know, one of my friends is very into the arts and into um, wellness and um, exercise and all of that. So, you know, giving back to the arts, it was, became important to me and just, anything that, you know, kind of ties you to it. I know a lot of people also, you know, if they lost a family member, start an organization, that kind of thing. I'm not there yet. I eventually would like to do something, but right now I'm just trying to, I've become affiliated with different organizations relating to causes that were either parts of my friends, you know, lives or, um, or, you know, things that were, were important to them. Whatever gets you through taking it day by day, minute by minute has been something that's helped me so much because it's so easy to live in the past or live too far into the future and just mm-hmm. trying to survive the next minute or the next day and just get through. I, it doesn't necessarily get easier. You get better at it you get the tools that you need you have the support that you need and eventually it feels a little easier to get through the day Lindsay absolutely amazing before we wrap up what is one last piece of advice you'd like to give someone who's struggling or battling with grief right now well as I always kind of say therapy therapy and more therapy um but just know, again, kind of what you said before, because I, I remember making a reel not long after this had happened, just kind of like a peaceful little uh, like waves in, the, in a lake that I was visiting. And just, you know, you won't get over it, but you will get through it and you will live on and they will live on within you and you know, the memories that you have and grief is kind of the price we pay for love. So I always say the more you love, the more you grieve. 
and it is completely normal and not everybody's path will look the same and that is okay you you know are entitled to your feelings there's no timeline with grief there's no right or wrong so just remembering that and being easy on yourself because I'm very critical of myself in general and I know it's easier said than done but again with that guilt since that was such a big part of my grieving process and kind of letting that go really you know has helped me and I still have times where I am caught up in that and the why and you know I could have done this and I could have done this differently and I could have seen her and I could have seen you know I could have been there I could have who knows but again just not beating yourself up too much for it because that only makes it you know that many times harder yeah to anyone out there who's struggling who's grieving right now please know that you're not alone in this you are going to move through this and if you need support there are so many resources available for you to reach out check in with each other and do what you need to do to be there for yourself, whether it's therapy, self-care practices, coping skills, holistic wellness, or just anything you need or a combination of it. What works for someone else may not work for you. What works for you may not work for someone else. There's no right or wrong way to get through it. As Lindsay said, you just show up for yourself. You deserve it. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure getting to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to Normalize the Conversation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast is an initiative of Inspiring My Generation. Focusing on normalizing the conversation, bringing education and awareness to the forefront, and amplifying global voices to spark change and hope. Inspiring My Generation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization on a mission towards suicide prevention through awareness, conversation, education, and support. Connect with us on Instagram at Inspiring My Generation and visit our website, inspiringmygeneration.org, to learn more about our work and how you can make a difference.